Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. It's that time once again for your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. Again, I hope you're doing all right. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're keeping it together. Um, I know we are. We're doing our best, as we always say. Um, we had a, we had a wonderful guest this week in the shape of George Egg. Uh, I've known George. Uh, must be must be going on nearly fifteen years. He was one of the first people I remember meeting when I got into comedy. And uh, yeah, we used to do a, a lot of comics. Do we travel up and down the country making people laugh? And then one day George uh, reinvented himself as the the anarchist cook and the DIY chef, showing people how they could cr- uh, create and prepare and cook food. But in uh, in unorthodox ways, like like making like cooking food on an iron in a hotel room and using the kettle to poach an egg and things like fascinating stuff, really and really funny as well. He's an excellent guy. He's an excellent chef. Uh, so without further ado, here's George Egg. Mm. Smashing. Mm. What are you sipping? We've got a cup of tea. Just a, just a box standard cup of tea. Sugar. Just uh, yeah, no sugar. No, no. Although oh. I just had a I just had a, whis- a whisper. So I don't, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> pointless. What's the point? Uh, do, you have, do you have sugar in tea? Go on. Yeah, I have sugar in my tea. I did up until about uh, 10 years ago. And then I re- like all my joints were aching and, and I thought I was getting arthritis. And so someone said, oh, you, do you have sugar in, in things? And I was like, yeah, two, I have two spoonfuls. And he's like, you're insane. Why don't you stop? And as soon as I did that, my joints stopped hurting. That's interesting because I've cut go. down. I used to have I used to have two sugars and now I'm sort of one. Well, in fact, I've got I do a poem on my show where I I say about it's a poem about um when someone asks you how many sugars would you like in your tea, you really want to see both the cup and the spoon before you answer because it's, it's oh, about yeah. ratio. <laughs> you know, it's like you know a teaspoon from most people's drawers is going to vary and mugs. Yes can go from you know they can double inside you get the a big sports direct mug <laughs> two 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 heaped sh- spoonfuls isn't going to be enough is it <laughs> but uh but anyway i have cut down on the sugar but but i still can't i'll have it without sugar occasionally and it just tastes empty to me well that it was pardon me sorry i'm burping now because of it uh it was it yeah for years i remember my mum giving me a cup of tea with no sugar in it once and it was it, it ruined the summer holidays it was like i can't i can't have this <laughs> But now, I, I, someone gave me tea with sugar in it a little while ago. Honestly, I could feel my, I could feel my teeth just dissolving in my mouth, just, just at the thought. So of like it. that with so. drinks like, like sort of Coke and stuff like that. You know, like proper fizzy kind of pop drinks that I would have drunk loads when I was a kid. 
if I have those now, it's just, yeah, I feel like just running my tongue across the front of my teeth afterwards going, <laughs> what's this? You know, it's like sandpaper. But, and now um, and now they've what they've done is because of the sugar tax, a lot of these soft drinks now taste like shit because it's all, it's oh, all, um, yeah, it's all, it's all sweeteners and, and po- more poison. It really, re- actually, it really does that. That's one of my bugbears. I used to love the, one of my favorite drinks was, was the San Pellegrino, um, you know the ones with the little foil Ooh, lids yeah, on top lovely. of the cans, and the, the pomelo one, which mm. was lovely because it was slightly, it wasn't as sweet as the others, but it was still nice and sugary. And then they they suddenly said, "Oh, brand new recipe, you know, exciting new recipe." You taste it, I mean, it's awful, and you realise they're bowing yeah. to the sugar tax. And, exactly. Uh, I tweeted it's- about that. Got very upset. <laughs> 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 that was the thing that pushed you over the edge. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we need to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. We were talking, I was talking to Heston Blumenthal the other week, and he yeah, was well saying, done. that's, a, that's, a, oh, that's mate, a catch. Nice one. It was so good. But he was, we, we were talking about the fact that when you have, when you have food that actually tastes how it's supposed to taste, it really throws you off. Like if you have a tomato and it tastes of tomato, it's, you, you there's a bit of your brain goes, oh, this is disgusting. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yes, I think we've become so accustomed to mediocre quality. That, I mean, it's like when I find when I go to France and you buy tomatoes, even tomatoes from a supermarket, yeah. and you you take them back to your wherever you're staying and chop them up, and you just go, these are these are incredible. We don't, and yeah. I think we've become all, all it's like lemons and limes things are so much sort of bigger and juicier, and and I think that their their standard is just so much higher. That they just they were the sort of tomatoes that that they sell in the supermarkets here. People just wouldn't buy them in France because they discover this is this isn't good it's, enough. No, they're just like a big sack of red. It's just a big sack of red mush. It's a lot of the time, nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you go and they go, oh, there's the organic stuff. And you go, well, yeah, all right. So we're, this is it. Just seems to be part of the scam, doesn't it? It's like, oh, we've grown these properly. And you go, okay, well, why can't we just have them? No, no, no. It takes more to grow them properly. You know, you ha- you can have the you can have these horrible robotic ones, but we've grown these, you know, properly, so they're going to cost you more. You know, like, oh, for fuck's sake, just give me a tomato that tastes like it's a tomato, tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. I suppose it's so tricky. It's all. I suppose it comes all down to money and and you know, uh, income in general, and mm, yeah. and then you are going to get most people just going. Well, I have to go for the cheaper ones just because I've got however many mouths to feed. And yeah, 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 yeah. You just sort of make do, don't you? You know, mm. what you have to make do um but you you're because you when i first met you you were you were you know you were a comedian you were doing the circuit and then you just suddenly reinvented yourself as as the as you know the the anarchist was it anarchist cook or anarchist chef yeah well i i the first show that i did was called anarchist cook um yes. and so then i occasionally if i was doing a short spot somewhere i'd get introduced as the anarchist cook and then the second show i did was diy chef so Yes, people get them mixed it. up. Some people say anarchist chef, and I mean, yeah, basically, yeah. But no, it's exactly what I did about, um, yeah, six, seven years ago. Mm. Just had a bit of a, a bit of a, various things caused it, I think. But I just decided to, to go to Edinburgh for the first time, which I hadn't done despite doing that because I think we're about the same age, aren't we, you and me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, I'm forty-eight, I'm, so I'm forty-seven. Yeah, so, so I don't know if that means yeah. I've won or lost. <laughs> I don't know. We just have to put, yeah, put our achievements next to each other. And go right. So you did the best in their forty odd years. Um, but yes, but I was over yeah. forty when I went 
to Edinburgh the first time and when I really sort of felt like doing something else rather than just mm. schlepping around the circuit and um yeah and, and just hit upon the food thing because it was a, a passion and I I really had thought previous to that I'd seriously considered packing in doing stand-up at all and just going right really? in a cafe or open it. in fact I had really serious thoughts about opening a cookery school for right. for children because I just thought there's so many people who've got fussy eater children and I thought if you if, if they're learning about the ingredients and they're doing the cooking and all that sort of thing then you know and maybe i was thinking the tagline could kind of be you know i'll stop i'll stop your kids being fussy i'll i'll expand well, yeah. their horizons in a culinary way and um but then ended up doing the, the food shows instead but that's brilliant it was such a it was such a turnaround from what you normally do um it was and like you said well so food's always been a passion for you then you've always been interested in food yeah well not always i mean from the sort of uh, my early 20s, I started getting into cooking. But yeah. I was a really fussy eater as a child. That's kind of what made me think about doing the, the uh, cook school for kids. Because I, I was, you know, if, if if my family was having spaghetti bolognese, I'd I'd have to just have spaghetti with grated cheese. And oh, I, you're like my, yeah. my son, my youngest son's the same. I had it to make is, him, yeah, just the spaghetti and the cheese. That is, that is amazing. Yeah, go but on. It's, and it's funny because my parents were... Uh, you know, they they did a lot of interesting cooking, and my brother wasn't fussy, and um, so it was odd, really. And then, yeah, in my late teens, I suppose I just started getting a bit more into food. And then, when I left home, when I finished university, just got into cooking more, and had I don't know, maybe it's because I had quite a young family, similar to you. I had kids when I was in my yeah. early twenties, and um, and I suppose, yeah, do I just ended up starting to do all the all the cooking at home, and just really developed a passion for it. Mm. And it, and that um, taking it to the next level, where you you were showing people how to prepare a three course meal, but in their hotel room by yeah, using so was, like the, using the iron and the kettle and whatever else. Yeah, so that yes. was the first show. So that was Anarchist Cook. So that came and that came from real life experience. So I would be doing the circuit gigs, doing you know, doing a lot of sort of jonglers and staying away yes. for the weekend, and. Um, and staying in a hotel for two or three nights. And I just hit upon this idea of experimenting with the things in the room. So the irons and the kettle and the hairdryer mm. and so on. Trouser press. And uh, <laughs> and, and started cooking. Yeah. Got what you say? No, what was it? Bacon in the trouser press. Was that it? No, bacon in the no. trouser presses are absolutely useless. They're not even not even <laughs> good for, for for pressing trousers. They're rubbish. <laughs> They're just about warm and nan bread through, but even then, it's still That's it. it's not really very satisfying. But um, but yeah, but no, but it's that, it's that, the iron's brilliant. The iron gets as hot as a George Foreman grill, so you can do anything on there. And uh, and the kettle, you can steam, you can poach, and so I so I started playing around just for fun, just purely as a yeah. sort of mischievous, adrenaline fueled post gig, <laughs> slightly tipsy way of <laughs> not going to bed yet. Mm. Um, and uh, <laughs> did that and then realized, uh, oh, maybe there's something here. So filmed myself doing it and and made a few little videos that I put on YouTube. That's right, yeah. And um, and then I, uh, what it was, I was doing, Robin Ince does these Christmas shows, these sort of Christmas variety shows of uh, people doing science and, and stand yeah. up and, you know, mixture of stuff. And I'd done those for a few years and I'd always just done bits from my show. And he was doing in 2000 and 
2014, I think it must have been. Or th- no, t- 2013, he was doing nine, uh, no, 10. And I said, can I do all 10? Be sort of part of the gang because I was so fed up with doing Christmas gigs mm, and I just thought yeah. I just want something that I can look forward to in December. And he said, yeah, you can, but you've got to come up with something new because all I'd done was bits from my set. Oh, so okay. I, so, I, so I did a 10-minute cooking with irons set and I wrote it and learned it and everything. It was the first bit of actual kind of creative work I'd done as far as performing goes for years because well you know it's like you know it's so easy to just rest on your laurels when the when the circuit's healthy yeah and just go well it's it's what might as well just go and do that again you know and it's you get the satisfaction and everything else and and um and I uh yes I came up with the the cooking thing did that there 10 nights pretty much in a row and it really worked and then someone came up to me from um fringe and said why don't you do brighton fringe and i said well i've only got 10 minutes this this sort of thing and they said yeah book in book a venue and and i just did that thing you know just book the venue had the deadline and then you meet the deadline because you have to you know and it's just the best thing in the world and so came up with the first show which was yeah which was set in a hotel room and i did three courses while doing the stand-up and then at the end of the show the audience got to try the food amazing Amazing. Did you have to adapt anything? Because I, I did a, I did a TV show years ago. Uh, oh, what was it? Brainiacs. Called? I remember Brainiacs. we because we talked about because yes, you were telling me you did the. I forgot about this. You did the the, well, the, was, the putting the fat in a kettle, didn't you? And it melted. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I remember. I was I was Brainiac Dad, and every week I'd have to do a. I was like, Mum had gone to gone out for the night and I was left with the kids and I had to prepare their tea. But every time there'd be something like something would happen, it, like the cooker would break or the washing machine would break. And so I'd have to find another way to do like a household chore, but without using the thing you'd usually use. So we, we were cooking chips in a kettle, but they couldn't just put oil in the kettle and leave it because it would just explode and go everywhere. So they had to change the filament. I had to change something in it in order to be able to do that. So it looked like we were cooking in the kettle and actually we had to change this thing so it didn't get too hot. Have you had to do anything like that? For what you do? Or do you literally just go, right, as a, as a cement mixer, I'm going to do that? No, no, I've had to adapt things. So oh, yeah. the cement, So in the latest show, yeah, I've got a cement mixer. In the, the So the third show, Movable Feast, that's the one that I was it, yeah. just literally about to do. It's so frustrating. I was literally about to do a, a, a sort of 50-odd date tour Oh, of that starting at the beginning of april and it's it's just all gone um Ugh. but we're all in the same boat so it's you know it's fine but it does sucks. Of course it, it, it does, it's yeah. it's just so weird because and also what was frustrating is i had um all the previous the tours of the previous shows have been done through tour promoters uh and i'm a bit of a control freak and i just i was always thinking well the first the first tour promoter that that did the first show was he was great mm. uh and then the ones i was with after that i just felt like oh, i'm not their priority i would have done that differently right. i was doing things like getting in touch with them to do, to do a job and then having to contact them maybe three times to get the job done when i could have just contacted the person who they were supposed to contact <laughs> yeah. and just you know cut them out and done it. and i was thinking this is yeah. nuts so so for this sort of extension of the tour because i did some last year after edinburgh of this show Mm. um from april up till uh right going back to edinburgh for a week um did it all myself and just put so much work i mean it it made me realize what you know what what you are paying for when you have got to oh yeah because i was really uh 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 
you know just just all the contracts and all the artwork and yep making sure it's all you know all sent off and they've got it and, and then double checking they've got it and one place said, oh, we haven't got it yet and then the princess saying we've, we've got it signed for and then they've you know and just mm. a lot of back and forth um yeah and literally it just got all the artwork off and just ready to go and then wallop but um but anyway oh, in that in that show that show's called movable feast and it's about cooking on the move so how to cook on the train how to cook at the airport and how to cook <laughs> with a car and with roadworks uh equipment at roadworks so i've got a cement mixer for that and so yes for example your question about um uh, adapting things so you know cement mixers have, have got the big kind of blades in them for for chopping up oh the, yes the cement so i i they're removed so it's basically just a big bowl that rotates ah, for tossing okay. a salad in. just various yeah things for sort of health and safety um it would be a shame to to reach in in a show and i mean i have cut myself on stage though have you because <laughs> what i'm using not on purpose not in a kind of <laughs> yeah just shouting <laughs> i love you to the audience and stabbing myself in the heart um <laughs> this is what you wanted <laughs> uh, no just using sharp knives to cook with and getting a bit overexcited and and then having to have uh, a stage ham run on with with plasters and deal oh. with it but it all adds to the to the theatrical experience i think that's it i remember cutting my i cut my hand on something and I, yeah and i went when i went back on i was in mc and i went back on and i was chatting away and then a woman in the front row was sort of looking really odd and i'm like you're all right she went you, you your hand i just called it on i can't remember where i called it i called it on something and didn't realize and then just this blood dripping down you don't realize how like some people don't appreciate that do they um they, well do you know i think it's fascinating because i've i've cut myself before i used to when i started out i did street entertaining and i used to do the oh, the, right, yeah. the trick where you um where it looks like you're eating a load of razor blades and then cotton and then you pull them all out threaded oh cotton. yeah yeah and and it's real razor blades that go in uh says so a technique for you know stopping yourself cutting yourself which doesn't always work and i remember oh. doing a street show where i must have just nicked myself and i didn't realize i was bleeding and there's just this this real sense of discomfort in the audience and i think oh, shit, you know yeah. it's really good people 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 get really thrown by something like that people i think audiences really like to know that everything that even if it's if it's sort of play acting sort of losing control they like they'll feel uncomfortable if they think it really is losing control there's there's something yes. about the the safety of feeling like you know everyone knows what's going on here even if it is yeah does appear to go wrong and they can sense when it doesn't you know yeah well that's yeah when it's real they're like oh yeah that, that's this is not what we paid for um yeah yeah and you, blood i think is, is yeah really yeah blood's the one in it <laughs> <laughs> how did you get into street performance i remember we I don't, I, we might have even spoken about this well we used to go to covent garden a lot when i was a kid my dad used to used to love going up there. Both my parents did, uh, but they used to go up there particularly to see a street performer called uh, Captain JJ Waller. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that's how long ago we're talking. <laughs> but this is this is so weird. This is a weird bit of synchronicity. So JJ Waller, uh, I didn't know him when he was a street entertainer, but then I knew him when I uh, cooked at a circus. This circus called Archaos. Do you remember them? Yeah, French, yeah. French circus. Yeah. So before I started doing any kind of performing, I I, I worked there uh, cooking uh, when they went to Battersea, when they did their big show ah. in Battersea. And JJ Waller was in charge of all the stewards and my friend Leo was one of the stewards. And then and then I didn't see JJ Waller for years. And then when I moved to Brighton, he is a Brighton resident. And um, 
and he was a performer for a bit then and then he stopped and he became a photographer and right. he's actually at the moment doing a a project uh photographing people in brighton in lockdown so photographing them through their windows and about oh, wow. four days ago he was at the front of my house photographing my family through the window at the front of our house and it's on Whoa. facebook so after this if you have a look it's <laughs> what, what, my most recent post on facebook or like the, the last in the last two or three is a picture of me and the uh, other eggs looking out of a window and that photo is taken by jj waller how <laughs> how what? ridiculously uh coincidental is that what a small that world nuts? yeah i'm glad he's st- i'm glad he's still doing stuff he used to be so great when we used to go and watch him he'd do this thing we'd lay on the bed of nails holding two double decker buses and shit like that <laughs> well, it's like just toilets. silly like when you're yeah 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 which is what used to make me laugh when you used to do that you used to do that thing with your in the suitcase when you'd get you go oh my son my son you know he loves my car he, he says oh, I want a car like that and then you get the little it was that it, that always reminded <laughs> yeah. me of Waller carrying these two buses with the little toy buses that's yeah, funny that's, I, still, yeah. I, still, I still do that I still do that joke of course yeah. you do it's a good joke uh, Rich <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what's just ridiculous because I also still do the joke where I say uh, um, my son uh, is uh, three years old. He's been talking for about a year and a half, not constantly. Um, uh, that's my wife you're thinking of. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but whenever I do that joke, like every time it gets more and more because my son's 23 now. So I kind of go, <laughs> you know, so when, when when he was 15, I was like, that joke's 15 years old now. When he's 18, he's 23, I go, that joke's 20 years old now. <laughs> and also I know I'm getting to the stage where I'm going to have to either ditch that joke or start saying my grandson because people will start looking at oh, me wow. and go, you, you, you're not. I think I still get away with having a, because I, I started so young having kids, I could get away with people going, yeah, he could feasibly have a three-year-old, but I think yes. it's not long before they go, <laughs> I don't yeah. think you've got a three-year-old. <laughs> I was, it's funny, actually, someone was saying to me recently, they, were, they wanted a clip for something, so I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I've got one somewhere. And so I was looking through my stuff, and then I went, yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a bit, and I'm like, I thought I'd change my stuff up quite re- re- regularly, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh my God, that's five years old, that. That I'm looking at now, and I'm thinking it's still new. <laughs> like, oh god! So but that's age, isn't it? I mean, that's like yeah. what we were talking about this morning. I don't know what how it came up, but my son mentioned Tank Girl, and I said, "Oh, they did a Tank Girl film, didn't they? What was that? Like about ten years ago?" And he, <laughs> he, he looked it up on IMDb. It was twenty five years ago the Tank what? Girl film? What I know, Tank Girl 19... is not twenty five years old. Nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Apparently, shit. I know. But I get what? that all the time now, all the time now. And you sort of go, oh, you know, oh, that holiday or something. And you go, when was that? They go, it was what, three years ago? And, oh, no, it's eight years ago. You know, and it's just, <laughs> but it's like, but and especially at the moment with the whole lockdown thing, it just feels like you're going, it can't be Friday again. Yes. It was Friday would... yesterday. You know, it's just. Mate, I get, I've been, every, like, I've been getting up, trying to get busy and trying to do stuff. And then every day this week, I've gone, it's how is it three o'clock already? And then yeah. and then the next minute you've had a cup of tea. You go, it's eight p.m. What the fuck is going on? I'm so glad it's happened uh, at this time of year with it being light. I think that oh yeah, if it had happened in the winter, then it would just be going. It's dark already. This is just and it, that would be so disconcerting. Oh, and, we'd be in a we'd be in a mess, wouldn't we? Really, I, re- I genuinely do think so, and I think that yeah. the whole the whole light thing and and you know clocks clocks going 
back or forward or whatever they went just after it started. Yeah, true. They go back or forward. I can um, they went forward this time, didn't they? Uh, I never yes, remember. Yes, no, it'll be forward. Yes, so so if it was dark <laughs> at seven, the next day it'd be dark at eight, which means yes. So it's get it stays it. stays light for longer. It makes me laugh that they still do that, but they still change that they can they can. That's how that's how fake. They definitely go that, back by the way in the spring. They go back in the spring. Spring back, full forward. That's it. That's it. That's oh, it. I see. Thank you for producing. Someone, if they're going back, then if it was seven, then it would be six. Six. Yes, no, of course. So then you get yeah, an extra yeah, hour, yeah. and then it gets, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just goes to show how, It just goes to show what bollocks it is that they can just move it. Like time, like, was it, is it that time, like clocks and calendars and that, didn't they? That sort of the industrial revolution sort of, it came from that sort of thing. And so. I don't know. Before that, we weren't really. Were we looking at time and things I, like that? I I don't know uh, historically, but yeah. But just thinking about it, it is it's it's completely a, a a human invention and just yes, the idea that we could just move it. You could go, oh yeah, we. Yes, it's so do- weird that the government just goes, <laughs> yeah, we're we're changing time. It's like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the arrogance of humans go. No, it's not that now. It's this. Okay. All right. How are you? How are you coping? How are your family and you coping in the lockdown? Are you all doing all right? I mean, we're yeah. we're okay. I mean, we're we're really uh, we reminding ourselves how lucky we are because we've got a we've got a, a nice sized house. We've got a, a big enough house that we can all have our own space, Lovely. so that we so we don't have to. And I mean, and we've got a, it's only a little patio garden, but we've got a bit of outside space at the back and you know and and we live by the sea so if we Amazing. you know want to get out and go on a little bike ride or something it's you know we've so so although you know there's there's been uh uh i was going to say there's been tension but there hasn't really been actually at all i, I mean i think it's been toughest for my my son cuz he's um uh his girlfriend is in london and they've they're just being really strict and so they haven't seen each other for for weeks and so i think he's finding that a bit stressful and so then sometimes that has an yeah. effect with you know uh sort of tension in the house but i think generally we're we're doing we're doing fine i mean we're just um we're doing it's good actually and we're doing we're, we're playing lots of games we're i'm doing so much cooking i'm gonna say <laughs> jade's doing jade jade's because jade really loves her cooking as well yeah. So we've had cakes and we've had all manner of stuff. And it must be nice, like, you, you, you know, what Jade likes as well is that it's, you know, I mean, you're, you know, you because you, you, you just go and do it, don't you? You're like, oh, I'll, I'll take care of that. It must be so nice for everyone else in the house going, oh, yeah, George is going to sort that out. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, and it's always going to be lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's no, it, that's it is, lovely, yeah. It's, it's, it's what structures my day. I mean, it really is now, especially, you know, I mean, it is generally, but certainly – since this has all happened, I mean, I'll get up and go, right, what should I do for breakfast? And then while I'm doing that, I'm thinking about what should I do for lunch and and then dinner and then thinking about the next day and maybe even, you know, starting a a, a, a dough the night before so that it's yep. a bit more mature so then I can make the bread the next day. And it's just kind of, so it's and what's been nice with it, actually, is it has um, because for, for the last, you know, five, six years, I've been so focused on doing these these shows uh and touring them i've been i've had all these ideas of like i should do this i should do that so i want to do some some content some online content and all this sort of thing and 
and I've they've just been these ideas that I've never got round to. And actually, this has given me an opportunity to to go right. Well, actually, I've got that time to do it now, and not not just work things, but also things in the house. And mm. um, uh, you know, I want to I want to sort of do a lot of new building in our kitchen and sort of build some units and things. And when the woodyard opens again then i can get stuck into that <laughs> but, so you're a practical um, man you 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 get stuck in you you're you do diy and you do things you know you you yeah you, yeah, yeah, no, yeah i love yeah, it so. i build all my all my props for the show they're all the things that aren't bought all the actual you know so like the the new show i've got this big table that's got a thing for a blowtorch on the end and a knife magnet and shelves underneath and and it all has the flat pack to go in the car and i built all that and wow. uh yeah no i really i think i'm a bit of a sort of um workaholic feels like the wrong word but sort of activityaholic and i've just got to i can't have an empty day and i find yeah. it really um uh, uh sort of depressing is too strong a word but if if i feel i get to the end of the day and i haven't done something even if it's just baking a loaf of bread or you know, having a to-do yeah. list and getting half of it ticked off, I just feel really uh, glum. You know. Yeah, and it's the same with a lot of people. They need people need something. There's a they need a purpose, don't we? Mm. Well, I think, and I think certainly stand-ups. I don't know. I mean, a lot of stand-ups I talk to, I think, have, have similarly just sort of feel like, well, I've just got to do stuff. I've got to make stuff. Yeah, got to create. I do, you know, I feel that. I think that's been the hardest thing for me. Not that I love gigging. Uh, but it isn't it's not necessarily that i miss the gigging i don't like i don't i'm not craving attention and shit like that but it gave me it was like oh that's all right it doesn't matter if i've not done much in the daytime i've got a gig to do and yeah. so it would i'd still i would have still achieved something at the end of the day because i'm gigging Whereas yeah that's it now that's not there and you're kind of going all right well what do i do and you're like well you don't I, there isn't you don't have to do anything you're like oh fuck i don't know how to cope with that yeah. Oh no, I totally get that thing of of I know that when I've got the, the, there's there's comedians who I know who just they can just do whatever until the time they're about to go on stage and then they'll go on stage and that's that. If I've got a gig, I've been doing this for decades, but even so, if I've got a gig that evening, that just consumes my head for the whole day, you know. Mm. And it really and and then and then like I say at the end of it, you go right, I did that, I did the show, and that's that's my achievement for the day. And I think yes, having having that void is um i mean i've done a few online things and it's amazing the buzz i've got have you done any mm, yeah i've done a couple actually and i was i was worried um i i didn't get stuck straight in when it all went off and there was this, this there was this mad panic everyone kind of went right we need to shit we need to do stuff and oh, everyone yeah. was flinging no, stuff and i crazy. yeah yeah, and I kind of went. I I just I don't. I need to. I need to get my head around what's going on first before I get into anything. And then and then you're like, am I good enough? Oh God, it's different. Oh shit. And then I and I kind of hid from it for ages. And I yeah, but now I've done a couple. And what's been nice is that people have messaged me going, Rich, listen, I know you think that you're just a comedian, he goes, but people that do like especially like front like frontline workers, they need us to be dickheads online. You know, because I always thought yeah. there was no point to it, but they actually, they go, no, we we want it, we we need it, and so I've been processing that over the last few weeks. You know, yeah. When you've done online ones, have you have you have you got the same adrenaline buzz? Uh, I got there was one that I did for John Pearson last week, and there was actual audience, and you can hear them laughing, and then they're getting involved. 
and it felt like a proper gig. I was buzzing after that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, same <laughs> we, here. I we, did. I, yeah. I, I did one in Brighton, and uh, well, obviously, <laughs> I was in Brighton. I couldn't go anywhere else. But it was yeah. from a, a, a club in Brighton uh, called the Catalyst Club, and it's a really oh, interesting yeah. one. So it's um, it's not a comedy gig necessarily often it's funny but it's it's this guy who uh runs a show where you have three talks three people doing 15 minute talks about something they're passionate about and then a five minute q a with the audience and like i say often they're funny and he's had comedians do them but then he's also had i did i did one once he had um, a group of naturists doing a talk oh yeah and they just did <laughs> and they were totally new just these two old men stood on stage absolutely naked apart from socks and shoes talking all about <laughs> naturism and and you know how it's not creepy and and it was just bizarre it's always the old, had... it's always old men though isn't it <laughs> well there were a few old women who were in the audience and they were all nude oh too. really it was it was ah. and a few slightly younger but no no young no <laughs> to say no no one there you'd be going <laughs> more like you're going Never, oh, right. but, but uh, uh i'm not yeah, being a perv i'm not a perv up anywhere any no, stretch of the imagination but, but it seems I mean. to be always yeah. old old people going yeah just my body and you go mm-hmm. but i tell you what <laughs> yeah. was fascinating with their talk is they after it was such a short i would say they were five minutes into their talk i'll tell you what it was like here's what it was like you know when you go and see a 3d film and yeah. for the first five minutes you're going oh wow this is in 3d and then oh. <laughs> after that you just kind of go i forgot it was in 3d it was like that or yeah. subtitles as well when you just suddenly to all black and white when you go i don't want to watch a black and white film and then it's a good film and you suddenly go i wasn't thinking about it being black and white it was like that yeah yeah and yeah, after yeah, five yeah, minutes you you're just going it's just someone talking to me and you in fact <laughs> they've got this funny little wrinkly uh, <laughs> winkle i've i've been down. yeah <laughs> yeah they don't they, they get stage fright don't they um yes I, no yes one one of the blokes it was just like rugs of skin <laughs> <laughs> hmm, delicious have you ever have you ever been to a like a nudist beach or anything like that no there's oh, one oh, in brighton and it's behind yes. it's behind a sort of where they've where they've bulldozed up the pebbles and um <laughs> i haven't because I, first of all i would feel very uncomfortable going there with my clothes on and i wouldn't want to take my clothes off so that's why i haven't <laughs> you bump into your neighbors yeah, you don't want that <laughs> no, it'd be awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> but no so what when, i was going to say what i was going to say which I just, was was the the gig the the catalyst club one online they did it with zoom and and it was really well attended they had they they sold tickets for it and they had a hundred and they sold all all hundred. So you had four pages of twenty-five little windows. Um and they muted the audience, but you could see them all. And when I was doing my my spiel, I was saying to the audience, you know, oh, have we got any veg and it, it gives thumbs up if you're vegetarian. And then you could just see in all these tiny little windows, little Brilliant. people putting their thumbs up. And it was a real and I think what was nice for the audience as well was and for me as the performer was that it wasn't a screen and camera situation. It was a little window situation. So yeah. they were like going, Oh, he can see us and we can see him. And it, and it, it was, it, it that's what turned it into an actual live gig that's as opposed it. to just performing to a camera. It makes all the difference, doesn't it? It really does get that interaction. Mm. What I've, what I've noticed is this, this lockdown, because everybody is in the same boat, like you said, it's really leveled the playing field. Like everybody's like, you know, you're, 
your people are, we're talking to to people that we wouldn't necessarily get a chance to be that intimate with you know like black like people yeah. we admire and like famous people and it's quite it's quite interesting to see that even despite everything and where anyone is on the tree of success or whatever it is it, all it took was this virus to go around to to remind us all that fundamentally we're all the same aren't we you know yes yeah i suppose so i mean i don't know i mean i mean there's definitely people doing there's there's some people on the circuits who are still doing better oh yeah in yeah, this yeah. environment it's not yeah like yeah suddenly <laughs> but i mean what i mean is it's like it, but it's still yeah they're still I mean, yeah we're not doing this from a yacht but um i, I think it's still people are st- you know yes they've they've you know they've got mansions and 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 doing whatever no, but they're I doing and they got but yeah but i think and I, th- I mean are you saying sort of stuff like so i'm doing the comedia show tonight and they've got i just can't remember who's on it tonight but they've had some really big names on that who they wouldn't normally get in the club yes is that what you mean so because yeah it's that but it's kind of it's kind of made every it's made everything a bit more even like we got like that yeah regardless of where you're where you like these famous people yeah like it's like i saw the the backstreet boys all doing a song and their houses are incredible and then you've got but we're all still doing it from our lounges and we're all yeah, still doing yeah. it from our houses regardless of how big they are i like uh i like the fact that you can see in people's houses that's fascinating isn't it i love that I love it's that. Great. And, you, and a lot of they go like, fucking hell, let's stay at that. <laughs> yeah. I know no, some, no, some people, yeah, famous people, you're going, well, you haven't got many pictures on the walls. And yeah, they're like, yeah, they go, what's this? What's this? You know, that's it. Just because you've got loads of money, it doesn't buy yeah. you taste. Whereas we PVC we've... windows, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an Ikea frame. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, we've done our, our flat's done up like a, we've had to, because we've been recording all manner of stuff. So ours, our flat is like a TV studio. So we've got, We've got a balloon arch halfway through and we've got shiny, glittery curtains. It's quite the thing. It's <laughs> you great. Just got, you just got to go, I love nah, it. This, this is my life now. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, anyway, for anyone viewing any of your content, it's just so much more interesting. I think that's because yeah. that's the thing I've, I've realised as well is is you watching other people's things, you realise how much you are, although you're listening to what they're doing, you are really studying what's behind them. So are. I think you've got you've got to you've got to really pay attention if you're going to put anything up there live. You've got to have a really good think about what's behind you because yeah. people are going to be going. Well, that, that picture's not even on the wall. I mean, it's just leaning against the radiator. <laughs> you know. What you doing, They do that thing. <laughs> yeah, put that picture up. What are you doing? They do that now. They're having their photographs taken. They're they're, they're filming stuff in front of bookshelves, aren't they? So yes, I imagine now people are people are heavily curating what's on show. There's oh not yeah, well, be... well, there's, there's wasn't there? Oh, there's a politician. I was looking on the BBC website the other day, and one of the I think it was Michael Gove, but they said that he'd he'd got books written by some Holocaust denier, and it's so just like, oh yeah, you know, you've got to be so like like really check, you know, what's you know, I'm looking around <laughs> me now, what have I got? Blood pressure medicine there next to the book scratchings. Uh, <laughs> what else? Is that your is that your blood pressure medicine? Yeah, <laughs> it's all this rich food you've been eating. <laughs> Have you got have you got have you got gout now? Is that is that I haven't had gout yet. I've got no. high, I've got high blood pressure, so I'm on medication for that now. Oh mate. It really was genuine. Uh, that was that was a, a joke because the pork scratchings have gone, but my my daughter did for my recent birthday buy me a pub uh like a big, you know, card from a cash and carry a cardboard a cardboard with you know 25 oh, with the packs snacks of pork on. scratchings on, yeah. Ah, that's what and producer Paul's got. 
in his kitchen with peanuts, I think. It's not these nice nuts. <laughs> I've, I've That's going, lovely. Yeah, going to cash and carry, and they're they're selling them for a third of the price because all the pubs are shut and they can't get rid of them. They're rapidly hurtling towards their sell by. How much control have you got, though, Paul? You see, because the problem is with mine is I just I just was constantly, you know, if I was doing something like this, if I was doing a Zoom call or or uh, and I'm in in my office room next to them, I'm just going. Oh, I just have another bag of port scratching. I've just... been all right all week, but um, then last night I, I did a Zoom call, as you, as you say. Uh, somebody suggested tequila slammers, and then I was four packets of nuts down within about an hour. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> Zoom call is this? A uh, family. <laughs> Do shots of tequila. My brother's um, an absolute demon. Though he, he made the music for this podcast, but yes, he's um, a bottle of tequila or a bottle of Jägermeister and uh, yeah, in trouble. Good Lord. I can't do shots. It makes me, I, I, yeah, I will, I will, I, I, yes, I will ruin my life with shots. So I don't do them because it, it never ends well. It never ends well. Always seems like a great idea at the time, but never ends well. It never ends well. The last time, every, no, not the last time, every time someone's gone, do shots, and I go, oh, all right then. And then yeah. the next day, um, <laughs> I just spend all day apologising to everybody. Yeah, at the time, I think um, I think this shot is sobering me up. I think that with um, <laughs> tequila and Jägermeister, I think, oh, I feel a bit more awake now. But <laughs> of course that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Why is this pub on fire now? Yeah. <laughs> what we did a few years ago, me and some friends, uh, is we thought we'd just do a, a home pub. And so I went out and got loads of beers and crisps and things like that. And I did, I, I printed up a picture of Sam Fox and uh, <laughs> and sellotaped all the packs of nuts over the top of the picture, like the big D-nuts like that the used to get. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that when I was a kid. Was and fun. Yeah, and all the grown-ups would be, yeah, I'll have the two in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the more nuts you buy, the more... Uh, that's it, the, the more, more nip, the more nip you get. <laughs> it was a different time back then, wasn't it? It was a different time. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, mate. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production. 
yeah, we haven't got we've we've yes, our our baking's gone through the roof thanks to Jade, um, and it's been it's we've done we actually we've had some incredible meals, which is nice. Um, it's really yeah. Now it because you no, know, we haven't really had the time before, but you're well, you always thing, seem to it? have time. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm I think because I'm just really into it, I make time for it, but I haven't had time to do as much as I've done. You know, I mean, I've done so much more since lockdown than yeah. I would normally do, and I've just got really. Yeah, just really stuck into it, and we had some. Oh, we had these. We had this chicken last night that was heavenly. So what I did, I've got. I've my cooker has got a spit roast on it, and it's oh, such wow. a treat to use. So it's just, it's just, it's got a little oven, and then it's got a, a spit that goes from front to back, and it's a little, a little thing at the back. You you poke the the triangular skewer thing in, and that then it rotates, and um, and I just got yeah a load of chicken uh, thighs, bone them out did this really nice spicy marinade with loads of sort of North African kind of spices and cinnamon mm. and, and uh, cardamom and, and chili and everything. And then uh, marinated that all overnight the night before skewered it on. So it was just, and it was just, it was like a shawarma, but it was a shawarma basically, but just done at home. So all, all layered up and then that go. So it was all charred and, blistered and burnt on the outside and then just sliced if you look on my instagram there's a great slow motion video of me slicing and it's just it was epic oh my god (laughs) it was so good see i love food but i don't think about it all the time i'll be like if i'm hungry i'll think about it but then that'd be it but Whereas Jade will Jade will, will pour over pictures, phrase going, "Oh, we should try this," and then we'll put that in there, and then that. But then I'm, I'm like, yeah, once I've eaten, I'm fine. But I don't really think about it in either side oh, of that. I just love it, and I find it so therapeutic. I really do. I mean, the whole bread baking thing. If I'm ever feeling at all sort of flat or you know fed up in any way, mm. I'll bake a loaf of bread, and it's just I find it so. I think the 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 it's quite meditative doing it because you don't really have to, it's like decorating a wall or something. You don't really have to think much. Yeah. And it's a bit of actual physical exercise when needing it. And then at the end of it, you, you've got a loaf of bread. So you've got that, that achieve the endorphins you get. Yeah. From kind of going, I've, I've done something today. I've made something. And, um, and the thing you've made is something that everyone's happy about, you know, my, I bet your wife must be over the moon. with All this good food knocking around. She is. And my kids, <laughs> my kids are really into it. They're really, they love their, their total foodies. See, my, my, yeah, it. my youngest was, he's, he's very particular. He doesn't like there's certain textures, but he won't tell me what they are. Cause he's quite, he's almost embarrassed of it. So we, when it's, when it's mealtime and we're together, it, there's a bit of a battle with him. Well, I'm like, come on, why are you how, trying How old is he now, your youngest? Well, he's 20, he's 22 now. Right. And he's always had a problem with textures and he likes things just, he likes what he likes. And he, I mean, he's getting a bit better now. Like he had curry the other day and he was like, no, I enjoyed that. And so he is starting to branch out, but it's been very difficult. But have you- Did you find that you, frustrating? Because I find that, so because I'm so into, I'm really not fussy now at all. And I find fussiness really, yeah, uh, really yeah, irritating. This, it, yeah, it, it, when he won't, he won't tell me because he, he'll say, oh, "I don't like that." I'm like, "All right then, what do you like?" And then he shuts down, and you're like, well, "I'm trying to help," you know. And it's, it's I know a few people uh, that are, that are like that that they can they can only eat certain things. 
uh, there's they have ketchup on everything, and you know, and then you try and say to them, like, "Why don't you just why don't you just try this?" And they just shut down completely. It just they just it just I don't know why. When, pe- I don't when know people it's... put when people put ketchup on something I've cooked, and I've really thought <laughs> that, that really that does my nothing. So in Edinburgh last year, yeah. I was living whenever I've done Edinburgh, I've lived with John Robbins, and uh, and there were a few meals when he got the ketchup out, and I was saying, "Oh, fuck that off. doesn't need ketchup." I've put I've, no. I've, I've, I've I've taken my time seasoning that, and I know that you know he's like, "Oh, of course, he's gonna have ketchup." No, (laughs) (laughs) I rarely have ketchup. Um, I might have a bit if I'm doing. If I have like, if if I have, I don't know, chips, sausage and chips from the chip shop. I might have a little bit of ketchup on that. But people that have ketchup on everything, you kind of go, no, man, you might just have the ketchup. Yeah, I know ketchup's fine. You know when it's needed, but I think I think like you say, chip shop chips or something. That's but when someone's really paid, you know, really paid attention to to getting the balance right of everything and and just putting something that's mostly sugar and vinegar on it's just like come on <laughs> but it's art isn't it a really that that preparing them getting them getting the ingredients and then and then preparing it and then getting it and, and it takes its time then you have this wonderful meal at the end but it's art isn't it it's that the story of the meal before and like the work that went into it to get to that point where it's on your plate yeah. is i find that fascinating Whereas there's other people, I, I used to be as bad. I just, I, I like I say, I wouldn't think about food either side of being hungry. Yeah. And I would, and some of the shit I've eaten and I thought, oh, yeah, that's what I like. I'd have like a ginster's pasty. I go, oh, that'd do. And it's only till like later, like now I'm like, oh, that t- doesn't taste of anything. What the fuck have I been doing? You know, it's, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Although I'm such a sucker for rubbish food as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I have so many guilty pleasures. Salad cream. What? Processed cheese. Oh, salad cream. <laughs> salad cream on a bacon sandwich is oh so my much God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, funnily yeah. enough, I bought... I, when call, we, I, call, when I it, actually... We actually I'll just tell you, we actually call, we call it white ketchup. In our house, <laughs> salad cream. So you want white ketchup? Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. It's just, <laughs> well, I, do, I didn't have mayonnaise till I was 22. It was always salad cream when I was a kid. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know there was this thing called mayonnaise. No idea. You see, um, for me, you see, I was the opposite. So I was brought up in quite a middle class household who would never, you know, my parents would be appalled if we had salad cream and processed cheese. So I think that's why I've got an appetite for these. That's what it is now. You know, <laughs> that's, so your, that's your rebellion. That's your rebellion. A, bom- a Bombay bad boy pot noodle, all right, with with a big blob of peanut butter in it, and if you've got it to hand, some ripped up fresh coriander. If you got that, really? honestly, that try it. I'll give it Please. a bash later. We've got right. pot noodles in the in the cupboard. <laughs> Have you got? Are they Bombay? It's got to be a Bombay bad boy. Oh no! I'll go and get one of them. No, Bombay bad boy, peanut butter, fresh coriander. Okay. Superb. All right. I'll, I'll that, give that a that, bash after this. That with a nice cold IPA. Ooh, man! Your thank oh, me. You've given me made my, <laughs> made my nuts fizz. Then <laughs> it's funny when I got when we went into lockdown. So it's Jade and uh paul sweeney another comedian we've all locked down together yeah and i bought i bought some salad cream at the beginning and they went through it like it was water gone so you know people love a bit of salad cream bit of white white ketchup <laughs> you can imagine imagine suckling on you know like you know when you see someone feeding a newborn lamb and <laughs> and they're really like going for it you know and they're trying to sort of get the bottle off them and it's and they're just draining the bottle yeah, I'm, I'm visualizing that. <laughs> That's what they were like. It literally lasted a week. This bottle of this bottle of salad cream, and I'm like, you mother, you take the piss out of me all the time. Yeah, I bring this into the house, and you go out like you're like these giant toddlers, 
Hey, Amazing. I tell you, here's, here's a good salad cream hack. This is this is really nice. Um, do you like sushi? Yeah, I love sushi. Yeah. Okay, so this if you can't get if you've got some sushi elements but not everything and you haven't got the time to make sushi if you've got uh so a crab stick all right a bit yep. of english a little bit of english mustard on it yeah then some salad cream then some toasted sesame seeds a little bit of soy sauce and if you've got pickled ginger as well put that on there holy shit it's so good because <laughs> the english mustard is like the wasabi Yes, and the yes. crab sticks like the raw fish, and then, and then the salad creams like the kind of that thin, QP uh, mayonnaise that they use. It's so amazing. Good. Yeah, I have to mm. try that out. See that? Have you got? Are you? Did you? Did you put a book out? Have you got a book out? No, I I the made recipe. um uh, uh recipe cards for my show. So each each of my shows they've all been three dishes. So the first show was. Uh, three course meal to start on main dessert. Second show was breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then the most recent show has been a vegetarian dish, a fish dish, and a meat dish. Um, and then for each uh, show, I've done a set of three recipe cards, so that then at the end the audience can go and recreate what I've done. And so the recipe cards are uh, for the recipe, but with all the techniques using unconventional equipment. But then obviously you can adapt. If you haven't yeah, got right. a, a hot air gun, you can just use a grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love it. I love every. I, it was. I find it fascinating what what you've been doing and that reinvention of yourself as well. It was really. It was good to see because mm. you know I think we, you and I, sort of get lumped in with the the old guard, if you will, on the yeah. circuit. And and so you know, as you as we were going along, you start to realise, oh, I need to be doing something else as well as this, you know. And so to see you to see you completely rein, reinvent yourself was incredible. Yeah, you know, was that? Well, did it just sort of happen, or did it? Or did you? Did was it like a one day you woke up and went, "Fuck this, I'm doing something else." Um, I think it was. Uh, I think a big element of it was my kids growing up because I think that for most of the most of the time I was doing the circuit, they were you know between birth and sort of mid mid teens, I suppose. Yeah. And um, and I think I put the sort of creative energy that i had into into being a dad and doing up the house and and doing those sorts of things and 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 i think when i i think i i, I, I midlife crisis is feels like it's far too uh uh bigger uh, sort of label yeah. put on it but i do think i when they they got to to that sort of mid-teen years and i felt like they were doing their own thing i had this sort of feeling of redundancy and yes. um uh and felt yeah kind of quite down and other things were going on my wife was uh diagnosed with ms and it was just it was a lot of uh stuff that yeah just just threw me a bit really mm. and 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 hence kind of thinking i'll do something else and i started a pgce to be a design technology teacher and didn't like that and i remember when i went the first day of doing the pgce or the day before my first day saying to uh, some other comedian friends like i'm never gonna have to go back to portsmouth jungles i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be a teacher and it's gonna be great and then just couldn't hack it i mean i did two weeks at university which was brilliant and then went into a school and um uh and just hated it because the the first that first of all it just it was so intense and then the first evening i got home and the guy who was my mentor rang me up and said oh look this is a bit awkward but the deputy head has said can you not wear your skull ring and your earring and I just thought, what? 
I can't do a job where someone's telling me what's because I've never, <clears throat> I've never done. I went from school to doing street entertaining. Oh, really? And then from that to do the stand-up circuit, and and yeah, had never done a job job at all, apart no. from you know Saturday jobs when I was sixteen. But uh, Bromley Odeon, things like that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you from are you from Bromley then? No, I'm from uh, Forest Hill. Well, I'm halfway between Forest Hill and Catford. That's right. So, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so you'd never work for anybody. So I'd that, never worked. Yeah. So yeah, so having someone say you can't wear this, I just thought, and I had a bit of a think about it all, and then and I and I just thought this isn't for me. So I packed that in, and then and then like I say, thought about starting a cafe or something or doing something else, and then and then I think yeah, just had this this realization that it was either do something else. Well, it was it was do something else and either that be do something else apart from instead of being a performer or adapt what I'm doing as a performer and, um, and, and have a, a sort of void that I can throw all my energy and, and everything mm. into to, you know, to keep yeah. me going, I suppose, almost. I know what you mean. That, what you said about that feeling of uh, redundancy when your kids get older, that I had that as well in the last sort of last sort of year or so. Suddenly, you know, my, my kids are 22 and 20, 28 and yes yeah. you sort of yeah yeah i've spent all my life since i was 20 years old i've been a dad looking after them making sure they're all right mm. and then one day they're off busy i'm like yeah. i haven't sp i feel really bad i've not spoken to you like dad busy it's and i think fine. it's and i think it's it's particularly uh well i think it's a particular thing for people like you and i who who did start you know who had children very young because i you know, I can see, well, I, I can't see because I, I haven't experienced it, but I could imagine for someone who had kids in their sort of mid thirties, late thirties, whatever, you know, getting, you know, being in their sixties and having those sorts of feelings and it being quite different. But I think mm. experiencing that when I was, you know, just turned 40, late thirties, just turned 40, kind of feeling like, what do I, you know, what do I do yeah. now? Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. was an odd one. And, and, you know, feeling really quite envious of, of people I knew who, had we were just starting out and thinking god i would have been a better dad if i if i had them now because i've got so much more experience you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely when you know when you're like i say i was 20 when i had my first one and you just you just sort of did it you didn't didn't really you kind of had an idea from your parents what you're supposed to do vaguely but then there was a couple of times i'm like oh that's probably you know they were learning from their parents and so you kind of mm. You sort of filter out a bit of the shit bits. You go, actually, no, that, I'm not going to do that with mine. But you're still a kid. You still don't know. Like I had yeah. a, Oh no, and I uh, think I'm, yeah. I was to say I I I sort of look back on some of my not that I did anything wrong, but I just sort of look at my sort of attitude and general sort of behaviour and think, how could I have been like that and had a one year old? You know. I know, so same. Well. Yeah, same, same. I spent the 90s with the mother of my children just splitting up and getting back together. And it was, the 90s for me were absolute carnage, you know, because I was still, I was, uh, there was all sorts of resentment because for, for uh, misdirected or whatever it was, but it was, you know, I, I'd had kids young and I felt like I'd missed out and then I felt like this and uh, it was, it was a mess, absolute mess. And then I look back and go, you know, I look at my boys now and go, blimey, I don't know how they've come out to be such level-headed dudes mm, when yeah, there was a lot yeah. of shit going on when they were kids. But your, you said your wife, your wife's got MS. Yeah. And yeah. In how, fact, you, I remember you were one of the first people I talked to about it ever. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember we were doing yeah. a big, um, some theater in, in Southwest London. 
That's right. And I just, I, I think, I, I think she was, she was, she hadn't been diagnosed then, but um, she was, we kind of knew, but she hadn't had the mm. official diagnosis. And that was, that was a really weird time. I mean, yeah, it's all worked out. It's all worked out not too bad at all because um, uh, I have friends who, who, uh, who, who have it uh, far worse. Um, and um, yeah, whereas her, she's had a couple of, uh, you know, you have, sort of periods where something goes wrong and then you have a relapse and they can last for years and she hasn't had a relapse for about six years five six years oh, now brilliant. um and uh yeah and she's all very mobile and working and and yeah and it's all fine but it's one of those things that's a bit odd because it's like this sort of time bomb really yeah you never know you, never know, you know and anything that happens you know you're kind of going or do you think that might be the MS? No, I think it's just because uh, you know got a tired leg or whatever, and you kind of. Right. I don't know much about M. I, I don't really know. I don't much. I don't know anything about MS. It's a neurological disease where the uh, immune system attacks the. Uh, there's something called the myelin sheath, which goes along your nerves. It's almost like the sort of insulation on a on a cable, and for some reason, your immune system attacks that thinks it's an alien oh, thing right. and so when it breaks down a bit like with you know with some wiring if the if the plastic on the outside uh the insulation was destroyed mm. then the the messages you know get going to the brain mess up and so it can you know it can make people uh go numb or go all tingly in their fingers or with her initial her first thing was she lost the sight in one eye oh. um and um and then slowly the body repairs it and then it comes back and now she can see in the eye again but it's not quite as good as it was but it's fine um and then she had a couple of years and then she had uh, a weird thing with her her feet went really numb right. um and then that came back and uh, and then once you've had more than two episodes that's when they kind of go all right well that's multiple of these things and so then they'll they'll you know do various tests but then diagnose you with multiple sclerosis oh. um and um and then these things can happen on and off and they'll get closer together and worse and the repair will be less good and then you know and then people can end up in a wheelchair or whatever but not always necessarily and i think she's one of the lucky ones really and that oh, it hasn't okay. hasn't turned out yeah, no. really to have had any effect on our lives but but certainly when she was diagnosed and that kind of coinciding with the kids growing up was a bit of a mm. a bit of a weird one but then like i say i kind of look at what i'm doing with my career i suppose now and sort of think well maybe i would have been more complacent and wouldn't have been as creative without that so it's yeah it's interesting that's true. You know? it is funny when you're <clears throat> yeah how you Sometimes you need something to, I said this the other week on one of these, on on another episode where you need to be, if you're at A and you're comfortable, but you're, you're not happy, you need something to push you on to get mm. you to be, you know, and something, and yeah, that's a, not a nice thing that's happened, but. No, but often, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Some, something, something negative or some sort of hurdle is, um, is yeah, what you need to get you being being active really you know yeah and it did it and it did it bring you closer together yeah you know? i mean we weren't we've always been really strong um yeah and um yeah so it didn't feel like it didn't feel like we were we were apart to no to, to need to 
be brought back together. I felt like we already no. were. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I don't know so what. That, as I said it, I'm like, and that's not. No, no, no. But I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's one of those things that probably is quite uh, difficult for for some partnerships. I'm sure it makes you reassess everything. Mm, absolutely. And is it? And is do we know what do do we know what causes it? No, no one knows. No, no one knows. One those things just... that 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 can just that you can just get. Yeah, yeah. Some it's crazy, isn't it? I was going to say some some people think it might be hereditary, but there's no real. There's, there, it's one of those things that is a real, a real mystery. Yeah, but she's but she's doing all right now. She's yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's she she makes she makes sculptures. Oh, she's wow. doing that. She sells them, and yeah, it's all. Oh, it's all that's fine. nice. It's all fine. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear because you do. Wait, as soon as you hear someone says, "Oh, I've, they've got MS," you straight away. I, I mean, I don't know. I do. You kind of hear it. You go, "Oh no!" Like it's the end. Mm. Like that's it. You're done. Oh well, no. It's it's yeah. one of those diseases that if you if you get a a you know a bad uh, a bad luck sort of case of it, then yeah, it's, it's quite frequently the, it's it's the disease that that ends up with people going, "I'm going to go to Dignitas or something because I can't cope." Mm. You know, it's yeah, right. It can be it can be a real um a real downer. Yeah. But, uh, but not but not in every case but not it's, in every case yeah really oh mm. mate well i'm glad and you sound like you're doing all right george your name's not even george is it yeah it is it my is george. surname isn't really egg, not egg. But, my, <laughs> but i'm i'm definitely i've always definitely george I've always been george because i couldn't remember i knew egg wasn't and i'm like is george even your real name but yeah yeah george <laughs> george is on the passport mate. talking of passports that's something that just sprung up you know how facebook uh says oh you know this happened three years ago four years ago i keep yeah. do you keep get i keep getting reminders of um new zealand yes constantly yeah yeah and well, photos thanks, of mate. <laughs> got that lovely that lovely photo of uh uh you and james a castor and nish kumar and andrew barnes on the um uh by the by the docks with the great oh, big boat in the background. That was a really cool band a, photo. Yeah. Uh, that was a, oh, that was it. What a yeah. great, that was a great day, wasn't it? I love, the, the food in New Zealand is incredible. I've had such a nice time. Oh, I miss that place. We had a yeah, really I good time, too. didn't we? It was great. It was, an, I remember when I first went out there, I felt really weirded out by it all and like, God, I'm a long way because I'd never been that far away. No. Well, I'd never been, you know, anything like that far away from home before, let alone that far and for that long. And uh, yeah, I felt really thrown by it. But then mm. after about a week, I just, I yeah, I got really into it. And uh, yeah, I'd like to go back. I can't wait to go back. I think it, that was that's been the hardest bit is that Facebook keeps putting up pictures for it goes. Oh, do you remember this three years ago? And it's and it's us on a on a ferry coming back from Wahiki or wherever. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, thanks, mate. I'm gonna go and do the yeah. washing up again now, but thanks but for reminding me. I used to go out. <laughs> I think the thing is, though, is like we we're saying about time moving so fast. I think it's going to be no time at all before we go. In fact, here's a funny thing. So the other day, I was chatting with some some other comedians on a Zoom, and we were saying, "Oh, you know, they're talking about maybe lockdown ending, you know, in June or like that." And in my head, I was going, "I oh, really already? I was just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting used to this now. That's it. Yeah, I'll get. I've worked it out now. What? And now we don't have to do it. But that's yeah. Everyone, I think there's this comedians need to get a bit more realistic and they go yeah we're in lockdown and they go oh they're talking about lifting it at june the first but we're not the comedy clubs aren't going to be there so it's all very well 
Yes, I think that's that's in very that. weird. At least at the moment, we're all in the same boat. But I think when yes. when it's lifted and and everywhere else is open, but all the theatres and comedy clubs and those sorts of environments are still out of bounds. Yeah. Everyone's going, oh, there's no more uh, self-employed support because you can go back to work. And it's like, well, we can't yet. No, exactly. And that's going to be uh, that's going to oh. be a, a trickier time, I think, when we're the only ones left. That's the thing, isn't it? We have to have faith that someone somewhere will sort something out. Oh God. Or wade in and be one of the you know there's plenty of plenty of platforms appearing of you know yeah, do you know what It'll only, the only way that we get through this and get get the, get comedy back up and running is if we all muck in together I think that's that's what's going to have to happen promoters comedians and all try and make it work somehow but I don't it does know feel like it does feel like we are I mean there's so many you know it does feel like all the online things are all very they're they're not just about individuals they are about supporting each other and yes you know, definitely getting each other on board it does feel like it's a very uh, and certainly talking to people i know in the theater community i might be wrong but i i get the impression that the comedy community is far more close-knit than a lot of other sort of oh, really um sort of performing arts uh circles that there's a lot of i mean just when you see things like you know where someone's you know come upon a bit of hardship and then someone throws up a gofundme page and before you know it, that person's got yeah. six grand from everyone just going all right we'll help we'll help you know and it's amazing True. how quick to to sort of help each other the comedy comedy community yeah. is yeah you're right we'll be fine we're gonna be fine george we are. <laughs> we're going to be gonna, fine. And we've got nice we're gonna food. Get, we're going to get fatter. I'm on so much weight. <laughs> I really have. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I've, I tell you what, here, here's, I've, I've, I've done that. Can you empathize with this? When Go you on. just have to give in that you've gone up a waist size in trousers. I've I been sque squeezing into my jeans. And then the other day, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say numbers, but I, I, I got a pair of jeans that were, two inches wider in the waist and thought Oof. this is really this is this is giving in i can't that's and it i, I can't and they, were, they, were, they were just so great <laughs> it was like and it's lethal and you get used to those and you think i'll just try the old pair on you go oh my god especially when they're straight out of the wash and they're like oh it's like cardboard well i'll tell you what i've got a pair i've got a couple of pairs um they are i've got a couple of pairs of women's jeans because they're more they've got they've got they're a bit more stretchy than men's for some reason i don't know why they do that but they're so comfortable they're Which, stretchy. What, what, you you in your photos you're looking all smilish and it's smilish stylish oh yeah and, levi's. and smilish what levi's <laughs> what 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 just because i sent you a message do you remember i sent you a message, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Private message saying rich you need to i'd really i'm so scruffy my kids sound so scruffy you gotta gotta help me out where do you get your clothes from <laughs> i do and i was like yeah, no, so you look fine just i know you were very you were very very nice said yeah yeah a scarf or a cravat that's it and, it looks uh, great it makes all the difference accessorize is essentially what you said yeah that's that's it that's it instead of just yeah pulling your boiler suit out of the washing machine and whacking it on put a cravat with it it looked lovely <laughs> well this has been lovely george this has it been really great. has thank you so much for coming on uh where can we find you george uh i have a website called georgeegg.com um and uh on which is there's not much on there but if you go on if you follow me on twitter at george egg or instagram at george egg if you follow me on instagram you'll see a lot of very good food photos Yes. you'll see that you'll see me slow motion slicing that chicken i was talking about i'm gonna that look was, at it that now was, that was really good and um and i'm i'm creating i've just started i've done a few little uh 
sort of branded content things for a for a local brewery of me cooking at home in the lockdown and i'm oh, going to nice. start doing my own thing that's not going to be branded so it's just going to be me doing cooking but always cooking with some sort of tool as well as conventional stuff Lovely. um and it's going to be called the kitchen at the end of the universe and i'm Ooh. and i've got someone doing the music and it's going to be a real real thing it's going to be coming up in the next few weeks so if people follow me on instagram and twitter then they'll they'll see all of the you know I'll, I'll let people know when it's when that's yes. dropping and uh, and there'll be plenty to plenty of inspiring absurd cooking to oh, uh, I love with, it. with with poems and jokes and everything so it'll be a nice Brilliant. little cross genre thing you've really found your niche it's really nice to see um what would be your if you right um i don't want to say death row but something like last meal if you had to choose a meal to be your last meal what would you oh, go for god i know i'm so rubbish at choosing things i i always i i always wish that menus and restaurants had two choices of food or not food and you could just go <laughs> i'll have food and then that's the only decision you had to make all oh, right i'm so i'm so bad <laughs> i think comes i would out, go for yeah. if it was uh, a full english breakfast it's got to be ah oh, lovely of course no beans though no beans no, man. Why do people put beans? They plant, it's, well, it's just ketchup, isn't it, again? It just makes everything wet. Exactly. I like to have my beans or my plum tomatoes in a, in a, in a ramekin on the side, and then I'll, I'll, I'll use the bits I want. I like beans. I, would, I, I, I wouldn't even want them in a ramekin. I would want, I, what it would consist of would be fried eggs, really good sausage, streaky, not back, smoked bacon. Lovely, streaky yes. Streaky with the crispy fat and everything. Um, black pudding, bubble and squeak. Oof. I'm going to say toast, but in, a, in, in my, my little head saying, what about fried bread as it's your last one? And you're going anyway. Fried <laughs> bread, mate. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Could one be, of each. Maybe you fried, should eat. <laughs> fried bread and a nice slice of trendy sourdough. Oh, yeah, lovely. Uh, have I messed anything? Tomato. Actually, I do like a sort of roast, some roasted tomato on there. That'd Ooh, be nice. Uh, oof. Yeah, I'm and, um, Yeah. That, lovely. No chips. The uh, the Olympic breakfast at the Little Chef. I used to, <laughs> oh, God, we so tape potatoes. I mean, come on. Well, that oval, was... oval plate's very fancy. Oh, <laughs> I should love it. With your oval should... plate. <laughs> <laughs> the side of the road, yeah, living like a king. Look at me. <laughs> this has been lovely. Thanks for coming on, George. My pleasure. It's been really lovely. Insane in the membrane. So that was George Egg, and what a good egg. He is, isn't he? He's lovely. He's a lovely man. So next week is Mental Health Awareness Week, and we've teamed up with the people at Mind to bring you a brilliant chat with the fantastic Nicholas Pinnock. It's almost like my, my work is therapy because I'm dealing with working out how this character is going to get through these situations, and I'm discovering things about myself at the same time. Yeah, and I feel yeah. so lucky for that reason that it's just just worked out that way in so many ways and um and when i was you know when i was in the, in the midst of my breakdown um and i was an absolute mess but the one thing that i could still do was work so until next week look after yourselves and we'll see you again ta-da ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.